2: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: WTIC News Talk 1080. Because local radio is just better. Indeed its two two nine eight four two. Bob in Plainville. Hi, Bob. Hey, how you doing? What's up?
4: Look, I just want to call because I found out last night that um, Monday... 24th at about 10 30 a.m at the state capitol in Connecticut Bob Alor, and Lauren Devlin will be there to sign a pledge to repeal the police accountability act and um they're looking for all the support they can get because we want to protect our cops
3: so uh where and when and what time is that do you know the exact yes, time
4: they're saying uh start by about 10 30 a.m mm-hmm. uh, this coming Monday the 24th yep at the Connecticut State Capitol building, okay, and the press will be there, and they're both, you know free to, free to ask questions, and uh, and you know Bob and Laura and Laura Devlin will be there, mm-hmm. and they're signing a pledge to repeal that terrible Police Accountability Act.
3: Well, that's great. I would assume they'll be looking for other politicians to sign on with them, and and probably members of the public as well.
4: You know, when the public is behind it, and they make their voice, voice heard. heard the Republicans will react. We will. They will respond to, the, to it. They will listen.
3: All right. That's uh, this Monday, the twenty fourth, around ten thirty. You say, Bob.
4: At the state capitol.
3: Yep. All right. Let's thank you there. so much. And that'll thank be uh, a pledge. That you know, that's a it's a great thing to do. Everybody should be getting on that bandwagon to undo that legislation that was pushed through to weaken the position of of police as they fight crime eight six oh five two two nine eight four two we'll get a traffic update and talk more mark christopher and the bps lawyers traffic center a lot of heavy traffic mark it's the todd feinberg show live from the nj diet studios on wtic news talk 1080 860-522-9842. Eight six zero We'll get the rants going in just a minute, but we're taking calls as well. George and Vernon, what's on your mind?
4: Yes,
5: I was looking into your uh, discussion uh,
3: with Leora Levy. Her,
5: yeah, she didn't address any issues. She just danced around every uh, question you asked her. She didn't give any specifics about anything else. And also, when she said that she was endorsed by other Republicans, she said she was endorsed by McConnell. I didn't hear her say that she was endorsed by Donald Trump.
3: Uh, well, I'm she... not
5: sure if she's uh, dancing in prancing and she's not a, re- a very good candidate for us Republicans, unfortunately.
3: i disagree i think she's doing a she's doing a great job george thank you for the call though it's good to get your input let's get the rants going you know the rant line number eight six oh seven five one forty six ninety
6: eight it's crazy netty again i put COVID patients in nursing homes and killed your loved ones that's what cuomo did i overtaxed you and i'm keeping six billion for my friends I said no to tolls, but my fingers were crossed. I hate trucks, so I'm taxing them. I hate you, too. I'm for the right to choose, except when it's COVID vaccines.
7: I'm Crazy Nettie, and I'm insane.
3: (laughs) I love Crazy Nettie, a great addition to the Ned Fan Club.
0: The CEO for Command this morning on the radio, talked about the lack of uh, really skilled labor that exists in Connecticut and the aging population of the labor and the need for more trained labor for his industry, the aerospace industry. Now, the city of Hartford is so interested and invested in closing Brainerd Airport that houses the only mechanic school – for aviation, pumping out kids that can work at companies like Command, Pratt-Whitney, Hamilton Standard as aircraft mechanics, aircraft builders, and so forth. There we go. We're shooting ourselves on the foot in Hartford. What a beautiful city. What a great capital. Just trying everything
5: possible to hurt the economy of Connecticut.
3: Juan, thank you for the call.
4: Order up. The
5: food highlight is here. Some folks find this food segment just dear. Sustenance, gourmet eats, basic chow, special treats. We don't know which way Todd will steer.
3: Nope, nor do I. It is a big surprise. Comes down to the wire.
8: Well, Joe is at it again, spending on money. Joe is awarding $2.8 Dollars for projects to boost electric vehicle battery manufacturing. Currently, all lithium, graphite, battery-grade nickel, and other materials that's used in the batteries are produced overseas, and China controls most of that. Now, bear in mind, electric vehicles only represent 1%. That's 1% of the vehicles that are on American roads at this time. Enough with promoting electric vehicles that most people cannot afford, and they really need to look into the pros and the cons. And this money could be spent elsewhere and put to a much better use than promoting batteries for only 1% of the vehicles that are on the road. Vote Republican people. We need to save our country.
3: It is a remarkable thing. I mean, they do it under the guise of uh, climate change. But really, there's nothing responsive to climate change that this push to get people to drive battery cars is, uh, is addressing. They like this changing the rules of how our society works without, without good reason, good preparation, good planning. So what happens after every, everybody is without in their in their imaginations, you know? What happens when everybody is is out of their gas-driven cars, their internal combustion engines, and everybody wants to go somewhere? Like to evacuate for a storm, for example. How does that work?
0: Priorities, the American Patriot. And today's rant's about Herschel Walker and his own son on the internet
4: telling everybody that
0: everything he says is a lie. The new face at a liar party, Herschel Walker and crazy Kanye West.
3: Take that! Take that, why don't you? I guess the wind is part of a nuclear blast thing. I don't understand it.
8: Hi, Todd. Um, it's not really a ramp. It's um, something that I thought might uh, help you with your cold. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with oil of oregano, which is made from the leaves and flowers of the herb. It, it, and it also contains some potent compounds that can be helpful when you want to prevent or treat a cold or yeah, the,
3: flu. This was interesting. Uh, yeah, I was sick last week with, um, with COVID which wasn't as bad as having a cold or the flu but but it was uh, you know it was an experience to have for sure because it felt a little different but it was it really it wasn't as bad as a mild cold but anyway the oil of oregano thing i'd never heard of that's a great thought thank you for sharing it
6: all these people that are tearing down these statues and taking apart our history should be ashamed and put in jail it's our history not all of us want them torn down
3: speaking of which there's this story about dick blumenthal that has only appeared on fox news one of the reasons why fox is important it is important amidst all the biased liberal news stations to have a a conservative news station just because it's looking for different stories and runs different ones senator richard blumenthal served as president of the student council at his high school when the group put on a Slave Day fundraising event. And he used a term now recognized as racist several times during one of his writings for the student newspaper at Harvard University. According to images and documentation listed in the 1963 yearbook for Riverdale Country School, a private school located in the Bronx. Blumenthal served as president of the school student council and attempted to unify the school through a series of fundraising events that called for student participation. One of the student council's fundraising events, according to the yearbook, was the inaugural Slave Day on November 21st, 1962. Describing the event, the yearbook said a large number of upper school students worked at odd jobs around the neighborhood and helped to raise over $200 for the drive. And it goes on to highlight examples of Dick Blumenthal's involvement or overlap with these events. And all, the use of uh, other language that was problematic. And, and you, you see this. You see this and you think, wow. They're going to have to tear down all the statues of Dick Blumenthal that have been put up. Which I assume there must be lots of them, right? Because he would have provided a budget for that, I think. Following his high school career, Blumenthal attended Harvard University and served as editor-in-chief of the school's student newspaper, the Harvard Crimson. During his time as a writer for the newspaper, Blumenthal used a term that is now considered a racial slur at least seven times in a 1966 article for the newspaper titled Summer School Project Set for Negro Students which described a program for African-American students to study at Harvard, Yale, and Columbia University in preparation for graduate school. So I don't know if Dick Blumenthal has something to answer for, but the media does because this story is in Fox but nowhere else. Can't find it anywhere else. Do Do a Google search. It's quite remarkable how it's only in one place.
4: Hello, Todd John here, uh, October two two. I vote and I approve this message. Any Democrat that is running for office, I do not approve their message and will not vote for them. You have a wonderful show, Todd. You are even, Stephen, on left, center, and right, and that's the way it should be. I will never, ever vote for a Democrat, and that's how it is. Thank you very much, sir.
3: Well, you thank you very much, and have a good weekend, John. Nice to hear from you. On the rant line today.
8: Hey, Annette calling from New Haven with regard to the murder Of the Bristol police officers I was wondering if WTIC could put together a list of every state legislator and every local mayor who voted to defund the police and otherwise tie their hands I have never made a billboard before but if somebody knows how to put this billboard together I would be happy to contribute to it, because they have to be held accountable, not just be allowed to go to these funerals and cry their crocodile tears. Please consider, and anybody in the audience, if you could also. Thank
3: you. And that is fired up. A lot of people are very emotional right now. Let's go back in time and listen to a, do you remember these features? Jolly Ned's Comedy Club. This is one from about a year and a half ago. Welcome to Jolly Ned's Comedy Club, home of the professional stand-up comedy show.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. If you ever miss a show, you can always go to Facebook and look up Jolly Ned's Comedy Club, where you'll hear the best,
4: or is it the worst,
1: of our next comedian. Put your hands together for the cool Frosty himself, Ned Lamont.
9: All right, good afternoon, everybody. Happy Thursday. Uh, Well, as you know, this is the building that's uh, run by the legislature. They kindly let me keep my office here. A fascinating, fun place. I love it. We have a real equity lens in terms of justice. We're rolling out the um, federal uh, money we have, about six billion dollars, with a real emphasis upon um, equity, justice, unions. I think we're in good shape there, aren't we, Josh? Yes. All right, we have a deal for the foreseeable future. You go down, you're feeling hungry, here's an opportunity get a shot, and get a free meal at any of those food trucks. <laughs> All right, where are we here? Um, other thing we just want to talk about uh, a bit is um, Steam burgers. (laughs) Hey, thank
3: you, guys. Yeah, a little Jolly Ned nostalgia for you. Mike in Plainville, how you doing, sir?
5: Who's he deferring
0: to now? Daniel Malloy? Oh, Danny, help me. I have a problem. Is he calling Daniel Malloy or Nancy Wyman or maybe even uh, currently uh, Susan Bysowitz? Help me, help me. I got myself in a pickle. <laughs> Unlike you, Ned, I have a ninety seven percent approval rating where I work. Your your ninety eight percent disapproval rating is a stench of the state you're disgusting.
3: You you and haven't he he hasn't turned you into a fan, huh?
0: And if they were to build a, build a statue yep. of Dick Blumenthal, build it out of horse manure. That way it can be <laughs> dried up and blown away, or just swept away by a flood.
3: That's a really good idea, Mike. Thank you for that. Have a great weekend, sir. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two, the rant line number. Yeah, you've got all weekend now to phone in a rant or two. Eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. It's busy on the roads. Lots of people left Wrenchler a while ago, and uh, they're all over the place. Let's check in with Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center WTIC, good afternoon. If you're driving home having been to the, the memorial service today, the funeral service, please uh, please call in and share your thoughts if you're watching it on TV. If you've just been listening to uh, news coverage, please share your reactions if you've got them. 860-522-9842. There is, uh, there is something powerful and important, I think, about these shared community moments and the rituals that go with them. And I I don't feel like we very often now with as splintered as our society is and, and as polarized as our politics is, we don't have many times where events happen that are so powerful that they transcend the things that separate us. And maybe this is one of those moments and you'd care to comment on that. I feel that power in this, that there's something that people who put their lives on the line for their jobs, for community service, they have a shared sense of that danger that gets expressed in these moments. And and that's something for us all to feed off of in terms of understanding the bottom line. Like part of what makes us so separate today is I think that that because people don't have military service in common anymore, there's much less of that feeling of connection that emergency responders have. Your thoughts on that, please. 8605229842. Plus I've got some other things to talk about as we move up towards five o'clock and order up. Let's find out how the ride goes because the roads are crowded. The BPS Lawyers Traffic Center, Mark Christopher. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good afternoon. Yes, it's Friday. Services, well, the roads are still clogged with people having left those services. And, and, um... Uh, Powerful stuff. It is powerful stuff. If you have thoughts you want to share, I would love to hear those thoughts. Please, 860-522-9842. You can do it live. You can do it on the Rant Line, 860-751-4698. Uh, regarding the the division, I want to play you a little sound cut. from This is from uh, the New York Times, a reporter who hosts the podcast, talking to a, a reporter about the things that divide us and how the political parties play this issue in particular of of violence in the streets, juvenile crime and also of the pressure of the economy. Two vital issues that are policy driven that are reverberating through the politics right now and what I'm gonna share with you in a in a minute is a um, is a very vivid example I think of the of the media bias that infuses this political moment and and drives a lot of the discomfort but let's talk to Tara first on WTIC Tara you were at the uh, ceremony just now no no
7: you actually um, had watched it live
3: So um, so you saw it on TV?
7: Yes, yes, I did. And I watched it, and um, I felt for the family members. And it was a very, very nice ceremony. I've never seen police officers recognized like that when um, that happened to them. It was a beautiful ceremony. And I just wanted to get my thoughts that my prayers are with the family and their children. And if there's, like, a fund or something that they have set up for them, or an address so we can send something in. I like to do that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I, I was thinking as I saw it, that it's it's so powerful to see that kind it of ceremony, very, isn't it?
7: Yes, it was a very spiritual-based ceremony, and um, I liked that where they read the Scriptures and everything. That was very nice how they recognized them as being with God. That was very nice.
3: Anything else you want us to know, Tara?
7: No, that was it. just wanted to give my thoughts.
3: Thank you so so much for taking the time to to call. I appreciate it. Thank you All righty. eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Any other reactions? I would love to hear them. Um, yeah, I think Leora Levy spoke well on this uh, as well because she was there at the at the uh, ceremony and was very moved by it as i as I suspect most of the um, candidate and political class, the elected class of, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure they were all there as well. Larry's calling from Bridgeport. Hi, Larry. Yeah, hi, Todd. Todd, I just wanted to push back on <laughs> the
5: gentleman who called your show right after uh, candidate Levy got oh, off. Oh, yeah, George. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I feel like saying, George, <laughs> you had services for two police officers today, two heroes. Do we have to get in the gutter? You know, can't we hold our heads high today and just think of them. She's not even in office and he's attacking her. I mean, I think she's a good candidate.
3: I don't think she did anything except speak about what she felt as she saw what was going on today and what she felt about what happened to those officers and their families and, and what happened to her family having to flee communism. I mean, I, it was the most uh, generalized kind of conversation. The idea that there was something to nitpick over for technicalities over political, like failure to answer a question. I didn't answer, ask her anything that she failed to answer. Uh,
5: Absolutely. I mean, she, she believes in, in, in supporting the police and uh, you didn't get into any real specific uh, topics. I, I wish George would hold the same standard to people like, um, blumenthal who's in office who's voted to defund the border agents and some of the other things he's done where i just shake my head as a connecticut resident for a long time i know who i'm going to vote for and that's that's miss levy i'm going to vote for her because i think she's the better candidate i just for george to call up and do that i just think it was a disgrace and i think what are you talking about george
3: you know yeah well that question is what Um, yeah, that was, that's what was, I I was left with as well. Just
5: nasty. And I mean, he didn't make any sense. I mean, I had to just call on that. Okay. And I, I wish candidate Levy, I hope she wins because we really need change in this state. And I hope Bob uh, wins too, because we really need change in this state. We really do. We're in, we're in a lot of trouble. And some of the ads that Lamont's running, I mean, he's really got to be kidding that he's increased funding for police. He's the one who pushed the, uh, a liability law there that that pulls the rug out from under police officers in terms of liability so there's a lot of lying going on out there Bob. but you know what I'm saying Todd
3: that's, yes uh, sure. that's that that is the, the name of the game in politics it seems right now thank you Larry for the call eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. 229842 it no seriously uh, I think they do this as a matter of course now to act to, to perform an action a political action and then state that they have done the opposite of that action. I really believe they're doing that all the time. Hi, you're on the air, who's this? Hey, Todd, is that you? Yes, it's me, who's this? Uh, This is Tony from Hamden. Todd, I I called to ask you
6: to please explain to me what you think is the connection between the murder of these two police officers Mm -hmm. and the Police Accountability Act, because I'm not making that connection
3: and why do you not see a connection?
6: Because I am who for whatever reason mental illness or whatever decided to commit suicide by cop, okay? And this guy had to know the minute he opened up on cops like that, his life was over. So, how is the police accountability act which I don't agree with, by the way. Mm-hmm. But how how is that connected to the murder of these two officers? I I just fail to see the connection. Well,
3: what what do you not agree with in the act, and that might provide the answer.
6: Oh, I I hey, I've never read the act myself, so I can't talk to you about all the points in it. Mm-hmm. But it sounds to me that it's just like making police more open to being sued or more account, you know? Yes, that's right. The protection. So.
3: How does that stop a guy who's gone mentally ill? Well, and, first and of all, should... we don't we don't know what transpired with the guy. Uh, so well, we guess, can't Exactly. We can't uh, say exactly what the motive is, but what we do know is that we're living in an environment in which there is a one of the two major political parties that is actively trying to weaken the power of law enforcement on a lot of different levels. So this might have to do with the rules regarding uh, what can happen to a, a, a juvenile who's committed a crime? It might have to do with protocols around law enforcement like the ones that we're discussing. What kind of protection do they have from, um, from being finding themselves in, in legal liability? There's the, the whole defund the police movement that the Democrats are dealing with. So the overall effect of that is to make police a target because the norms of our society have been targeted when we grew up police were revered and respected and nobody would tolerate weakening their position in our society because we know that order is a very difficult thing to create and to maintain and you don't mess around with those kinds of building blocks of society so I view any, it could be some teenager stealing a car that is, that we have to look to specific things that have been done by that political party that sees itself as needing to, to demonstrate contempt for law and order, which includes, by the way, just letting people out of prison to show their loyalty to people based, based on race and ethnicity. So I I think it's a big package of stuff that they're doing that undermines that kind of security. Does that answer your question at all? Uh,
7: Yeah, I I mean, I I see
6: your point that, yes, police nowadays, compared to the past, don't enjoy the same level of respect from the general public that they did. And, yes, that has been as a result of, you know, mainly the Democratic Party throwing them under the bus to uh, satisfy their uh, constituency. But... Again, uh, in this situation, uh, I, I fail to see the connection, Todd, honestly. And I also, uh, it, it kind of upset me to hear politicians, the guys aren't even in the ground yet, and they're already being used as political, you know, pawns to try to say, oh, uh, you know, vote for me because I want to be against the, you know, this accountability act. I found that a little bit distasteful, to be honest with
3: you. Well, I, I think you're, that's your prerogative to find that distasteful, because there is an, a, an immediacy and rawness to our politics now that that is, is new, and, and a lot of people find it problematic. But, but that is how the game is played right now, so I feel like there's not much we can do about it. What we do ha- – thank you for the call. It's great to hear from you. What I feel that we do have to do, because these are general attacks on – the security that police feel doing their jobs. And so if you acknowledge that that is going on, that there is a movement to weaken police, there is a movement to undermine police, there is a movement that says, oh, maybe we shouldn't spend so much money on police because police are, uh, sometimes are there's bad cops and they do bad things. That's all generalized. It's not linked to any specific event, except sometimes for the impetus, like a George Floyd thing. But those aren't even one-to-one cause and effect in terms of the thing happens and there's a response from the Democrats in terms of one of these laws being passed or one being advocated for or a movement, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, which is a Marxist anti-police movement. So there's all these general things going on in our society, and then when something specific happens that you can easily extrapolate and see the connection between them, I think you have to call it out. Thank you for the call, sir. Dean in Southington. Hi, Dean. How you doing? Thank you for I, the call. I
1: uh, definitely wanted just to share, listening to some of the comments that uh, I've heard, um, I was at the service today and mm-hmm. accompanied uh, officers to the service as well. And it was a wonderful experience to uh, see the uh, words shared, not only from dignitaries, uh, uh, the ministers that shared. And one of the ministers that um, was from the Congregational Church out of Kerryville uh, shared some very pointed thoughts. Love is something that we definitely need, and the officers were people that shared that. Standing up for the rights of others, and. The reality of police accountability to your last caller and a couple other callers, there were some politicians there definitely um, that came in, Mr. Uh, Larson and uh, Mr. Courtney, as they pulled up next to me trying to find out where they needed to go park. Myself and a few others were standing near the entrance. We told them they can go right back out on the street Mm -hmm. because they weren't welcomed, uh, because they are part of that party that there is no respect to the police department. There are no so, respect to police officers. That's
3: what you said to them?
1: Yes, absolutely. And told them that the blood of these officers and many more are on their hands. And wow. And you as the Democratic Party and Mr. Larson looked at me with a smile and his face and a smirk and drove away. Um, and officers that were standing next to me said, I'm so glad you just told that SOB that because <laughs> I'd get fired if I did. And Wow. I would have said a lot more to him, but he drove away with a smirk on his face. Mm -hmm. Mr. Courtney sitting in the back seat. Um, There is no respect of police officers. I was with a whole busload of police officers who were talking about that very thing. Um, There were two black officers, uh, one from the state of uh, Springfield, uh, Mass., Mm -hmm. uh, and one from Connecticut that were standing at the end of the service as we were waiting for the procession to leave, And they were talking about, uh, one of the officers said, historically, go back to the 20s. And I just sort of listened to their conversation Mm -hmm. and said, this is just a repeat of history, what's happening. Because all of a sudden you have an uprise with the Black Lives Matter and all of these uh, organizations pushing back against police, uh, defunding police and all the things you've already said. Um, and in reality, what's going to happen because now police departments cannot recruit officers, they can't get people to come in. Yes. Uh, I know local towns surrounding the Southington area are losing police o- police officers left and right through retirement retrition. Just they want out because they have no safety net. There's no protection. Yes, and, and, and working in
3: program. urban areas now is is much more difficult. And, and uh, for the reasons you just gave uh, regarding numbers, that's a big problem, but also uh, the kind of issues that they face. Have to hold you right there, Dean, but thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Eight six zero We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher with a report on the very busy roadways. Mark.